Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Good morning, everybody. If you don't know me, I'm Paul. Thank you. Um, I've got highlighted on my uh, sheet here, and you should... If you don't have one of the, you have access to notes today if you'd like to do that. Some people are note-taking people and we're providing for you. Other people just sit there and absorb it. That's fine too. But my first highlighted point is Melanie loves Yazal. Okay? So for all those plants that she has in the church who text her, you know, and talk about church when she wasn't here, uh, just make sure that you say, Paul said that you love us all. Melanie is in Sydney with our second grandson. And uh, it's fantastic. It's awesome. You know, she's only got about 20 weeks of long service leave up her sleeve. The board keeps saying, take some. And so she's taken some. It's a huge, you know, one week. Wow, darling. Just going way overboard. So she's up there helping our daughter, uh, being a second mum, doing the balancing act, which is great. But she said, please let people know I'm thinking about them today. So there we go. The title of this message is Jesus Was Asleep. And uh, in some senses, he's asleep now in the, in the sense that he's on the throne, he's resting. So Jesus is at rest and he wants us to enter into that rest. And the, the rest of God is promised to us. The rest of God is a huge theme right through the Bible, right from the seventh day being God's rest. God didn't need to rest, but he made rest holy. He wanted to demonstrate to us rest is good. And I want you to enter into my rest, he said. Right now, personal stress was the opposite. Stress has got rest in it, but it's all twisted up. You know, the same letters are in there, and, but they're all twisted around. And that's what stress is. It's, it's all, we're all twisted up. And uh, there's an article last year that said that, that stress is, uh, right now, there's at its highest since World War II worldwide. People are stressed. Uh, you know, there's a lot of horrible symptoms of that. Uh, in the United States, suicide recently passed car crashing as the number one injury death. So people are stressed and they don't know what to do. And uh, the top stresses, number one, job. Number two, money. Number three, health. Number four, relationships. Number five, diet. Diet is different to health because we can worry about our health and we can also worry, what do we eat today? What do I eat? This has got some fat in it it's got salt oh no media overload how about that people are overloaded with media they're stressed about oh what's going on on the news and uh, number seven lack of sleep thinking about these things each of us can identify with one of those areas of stress one of those sort of favorite things and uh, thinking about these things can bring worry in it can even terrorize people and a terrorist is somebody who, he doesn't necessarily want to get you. He just wants you to worry about him getting you. They don't necessarily want to blow up and kill everybody. They just want to kill somebody and then have everybody else scared and worried about it. And that's what the devil does. He's trying to get us terrified. A terrorist doesn't want your car. He just wants you to worry that he's going to get your car. Because what he really wants is your peace. He wants to take that peace, that rest, and say, I'll have that. Because once he's got, he's got that, he's got us. We're, out, we're off, we're distracted. 
And uh, if you're taking notes, this is all new to me. Following along the notes means I can't do anything I haven't planned to do. So there you go. And I'm <laughs> I've got a leash around my neck. Okay. We all have terrorists in our lives. You know, some, for some people, a certain age is an age of fear. Um, you know, for example, my mother's father died at 52. So when I turned 53, I rejoiced. Because you think, well, it's not going to happen to me. And uh, some people worry about certain ages. Some people worry about, about health. As we said before, that they're worried that that voice is saying, get, this is going to get you, it got you, you, some relative of yours, or it's going around, you're going to get it. And they worry about their, that particular sickness. They worry about a relationship. Your parents didn't make it. Their marriage didn't last. Your marriage won't last. The voices that we listen to that terrorize us. Worried about success. You've got to prove that you're good. Worried about how attractive you are. Uh, even as you get older, are, are you still attractive? Am I still attractive to someone who's important to me? Terrorists try to rob us of our peace. But the interesting thing is that the Bible gives us a written guarantee of peace. And uh, this is amazing. This is a guarantee. It's in writing from God. It says if this peace can be yours. Let's look at... Uh, now, I've managed to not have this up on my screen so I'm sorry because my reading of that is dependent on my eyes I'm not worried about my eyes but uh, they do tend to um, <laughs> they do tend to have a issue with certain vision uh, distances okay so we're reading from Philippians 4 verses 4 here we go to 9 Listen to what it says. Always be full of the joy of the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And we sang about the promise of God this morning, one of the songs. And God is promising peace to us, But you know that every promise in the Bible, there's about 7,000 of them, comes with a premise. You don't get a promise without a premise. And the premise has to happen if you want the promise. So you can't say, where's my peace, if you're not doing what, he, what the premise is. You can't say, oh, this is my promise. He says, I'm going to be peace. I don't have peace, so God's wrong. Yeah, but then are you doing what he says? And it says here there's four things to do. We won't look at all of them today. I just want to focus on one of them. But it says there, first of all, the four steps are to rejoice in the Lord always. Are you doing that? You know, we get excited about a team winning a football game. We get excited about a child who's doing something really well. We get proud of the child. But do we have that sense of joy that God is with us? Rejoice always in the Lord. Number two, be considerate in all you do. It's interesting, isn't it? Be considerate in all you do. If you want to be peaceful, you need to be considerate. When someone pressures you and people say, you've got to buy this, you've got to buy this now, make a decision, make a decision, you can just say, I'll consider it. And you'd be a considerate person. Number three, don't worry about anything. And number four, pray about everything. So if you want the, the promise of peace, you need to be doing those four things. 
And I want to focus in particularly on number three. The Bible says, do not worry about anything. Anything. Is there any wiggle room in that word? There's no wiggle room. There's no room for worry. We don't worry about anything. Oh, yeah, but what about? No, don't worry about that. But what about my job? No, don't worry about your job. Don't worry about anything. What about money? Don't worry about the money. What about this? Don't worry. Do not worry about anything. Today's focus is the worry room in your head. Now, my, parents, my grandparents, my dad's parents had an older house and they had one room that was locked uh, most of the time. It was actually my grandfather's room where he went in. And uh, we didn't know what he went in and did in there, but we weren't allowed in there. It was like, almost like a haunted house. This is where we need some spooky music. Like what goes on in the haunt in that room? You know, a lot of horror movies have the the haunted room, and as you look at the door, the the violin goes, and the door zooms closer, and the corridors collapse. Corridor collapses, and you look down. There's ooze, something oozing out of the door. That was my grandfather's room. I found out later, as I got older, that that's where he fixed things, mainly tape recorders and radios for people. And there are lots of reel-to-reel tapes. And, of course, it only takes one child just to look at one of those and they fall apart. And now you've got tape all over the floor. And so we were not allowed in there. But a haunted house has a, often has a haunted, particularly haunted room. It's a place you don't go. You've got one of those. You've got a haunted room in your head. It's called your worry room. You shouldn't go there. You should shut the door. Lock the door, throw the key out the window, put some wood across, hammer it up, build a moat, dig a moat in the house. Put some electric razor wire around it so you can't touch it. Put some dogs there, get some spotlights, get some warnings. You're getting close to the door. That's how you should treat your worry room. Do not go in the worry room. What's it like in the worry room? The worry room is a dark place. It's a tight place. There's no fresh air in there. It's got worrying noises. Ah! Random, scary noises. It's got a red light that's constantly flashing. Got to worry, 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 worry. That's the worry room. It's got voices saying, you're not ready, you're not ready, you're not ready. You can't get married, you're not ready. You're pregnant, you can't get, you don't have the baby, you're not ready. You're not ready, you're not ready, you're not ready. You can't, don't go to that new job, you're not ready. You're not ready, you're not ready. You can't do it, you can't do it, you won't do it. Won't work, won't work, won't work, won't work, won't work. Quiet. Get out of the worry room. And we say, well, that's easy for you to say. You don't know my job. You don't know my situation. You know what? It's not your job. It's not your situation that's giving you worry and stress. It's you worrying about your job. It's you worrying about your situation. You've got to separate the two things out. What does Jesus say about worry? Let's read Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 30. Jesus says the same thing. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Other translations say don't worry about anything. Whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food, your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And you, aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? 
Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't make, uh, don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Interesting. Number one thing that Jesus says, he says four things about worry and why worry is not good for you, is not good to do. This is why you stay away from that room. Number one, in verse 25, he says that worry is unreasonable. It's irrational. It's illogical. He says, isn't life more important? He says, life is more important than worrying about life. Your priorities are out of whack. Focus on what is important. We think worry is important. I've got to worry about it. I've got to worry about it. I've got to keep thinking about it. I've got to keep churning about it. Churning, churning. He says, no, that is not important. Life is more important than that. In fact, he says it's important not to worry. It's irrational. Because it never shrinks the problem, it only makes the problem bigger. Worry is stupid because it doesn't work. It's not doing anything. It's just stewing. Apologies to anyone whose name's Stuart. Don't stew. Do. Worrying about something cannot Worrying about something you cannot change is stupid because you can't change it. It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of your emotion. It's a waste of your energy. It's a waste of a good night's sleep. And worrying about something you can change is stupid. Just fix it. Just fix it. And that, that takes us to the next room. So we have the worry room, which we've boarded up and we've made sure we can't get in there and we don't know what to do with ourselves I don't know what to do I'm spending so much time in there I don't know what to do with myself you go into the next room this is your problem solving room the problem solving room is different it's more like the virgin airport lounge the big windows there's light there's lounges there's a whole lot of information there's newspapers and uh, all the stuff on the board saying when your plane's coming all the information you need is there people are walking around in hushed tones speaking nicely to each other. That's the problem-solving room. It's a place where you can be considerate. Sitting over in the corner is a handsome person called God. Just waiting for you. Waiting for you to come over and have a chat. And you can take your time, go over and talk to him. And you can invite other people as you think about your issues. But you don't, you know, some people think, oh, I've got a problem, so I go straight to the worry room. Now you've got a problem, you go to the problem-solving room. And some people don't get the distinction. There's a distinction between solving a problem and worrying about solving the problem. One of them will, will make your stomach tighten up and you can't think clearly. And the other one will be a place where you can invite friends to have a chat as well. Get some wisdom from people who've gone through a similar thing and come out successfully. That's where you meet them, in your problem-solving space. And this is difficult because there are different seasons of life. I know that for my do- our daughter, for example, you know, it's a busy time of life. got two kids to balance. And guys, if you've got a, uh, a wife with, a, with a children at home, particularly when they're newborns, you need to make sure you take as much of the pressure off because it's very easy to worry when you've 
stuck with a baby 24-7 for weeks and it's unrelenting pressure. So we need to go and help solve that problem. But some people want to take down all the barricades and sort of, okay, there's, I like the airport lounge, I like the problem-solving room, but it's not quite big enough and I, I just don't feel like I'm really engaging with the problem. So let's take down this wall here, make the whole place a bit bigger and take some space from the worry room and invite that in here and just sort of sweep all that in. And now all the smoke from that place comes in and starts to cover up the windows and the atmosphere changes and someone from somewhere wheels in this table with a big red button on it called panic and suddenly the airport lounge has got this panic button in it and the whole thing starts to change. Worry is unreasonable. Don't worry about the problem. Number two, Jesus says that in verse 26 that worry is unhealthy. He says, it's not natural. It's unnatural for you to worry. He says, look at the birds. He said, they're natural and they don't worry. In fact, everything that's, of everything that's natural, there's nothing else that's worrying. There's only one lot of creatures in the universe that's worrying and it's human beings. And we do that because we choose to do that. We've got the power of choice. Choice is the greatest gift God gave to us. We can choose not to worry. We can say, I am not going in the worry room. We're very good at worrying because we practice doing it so much. And so we now we've got to practice not worrying. So I, I had an issue during the week, and I just kept wanting to go to the worry. And you've just got to keep offloading, offloading, offloading. Back into the room, back you go, back you go, shut the door. You've got to keep practicing not worrying. Worrying is not natural. You weren't born worrying. You learnt worrying. So if you can learn to worry, then we can learn not to worry. It's something we can unlearn. Your body is not designed to worry. Worry affects your bod- our bodies badly. Symptoms can include... Increased heart rate, tense muscles, shallow breathing, but wait, there's more. Headaches, fatigue, irritability, difficulty sleeping, but wait, there's more. Chronic worry will lead us to high blood pressure, abnormal heartbeat, heartburn, ulcers and stomach cramps, irritable bowel, weight change, arthritis, skin issues, sex issues. Worry is not natural. Don't go in that room. Number three, Jesus says in verse 27, worry is unhelpful. It doesn't work. Jesus says it doesn't add one cubit or meter to your life. It makes no difference whether you worry or don't worry. So don't worry. It doesn't change things. It achieves nothing. It achieves zero. It achieves nada. It achieves kung. It's Korean for zero. The past has been dealt with, so you don't need to worry about it. Jesus says, give me the past. I'll look after your past. The future, Jesus says, trust me with the future. So we're left with nothing to worry about. He'll look after it. Worry achieves nothing for us. All it does is make the present suck and it makes us miserable. Do not worry. Last one, number four, in Matthew 6, verse 30, Jesus says that worry is unnecessary. He says, what on earth are you worrying about? What are you doing? Don't you think God cares for you? 
it is not necessary for you to worry. It's not your job to worry. Do not worry. He, he says, if he cares for birds and flowers, he cares for you. Do you rate yourself lower than a flower? And he says, are you of little faith? Now, a powerful image in the Bible is this massive storm, uh, and it's fine sitting here, but if we're on a boat at night and there's a massive storm, it suddenly starts to get terrifying, and all the terrorists are terrifying the, the, the seasoned fishermen who are running around, freaked out, vomiting, thinking, oh, well, that's it. We're gone. And they're all shouting at each other, throwing things overboard, get boat lighter, come on, get back, call over there, where's Andrew? He's vomiting over there, okay, come over here. Hey, somebody get Jesus. They go over to Jesus and the first sound, the first thing that comes out of Jesus' mouth is... Now, people taking notes, I spelt that G-G-G... H-H-R-H-R-R-H. It was the first thing. He was snoring. Jesus was asleep. And right now, when we go to Jesus in the, in the airport lounge, like, oh, God, just be in the worry room. Oh, please, oh, it's all going bad. He'll just be, sort of, oh, okay, I'll just wait for you to settle down a little bit. Just enjoying the view here. It's beautiful from heaven. I'm having a great time today. I think I might have a nap. And again, Jesus says to them after they shake him, wake him up from his very rude rest, don't you care about us? He says, you of little, after he deals with all the problem, because that's what you need to do, right? You go to your problem solving. He says, oh, you of little faith again. We're not forced to worry. Worry is something we choose to do. Nobody's forcing you to worry the terrorist, the devil is trying to get you to worry so he can steal your peace. And somehow we've made that such a central core thing of what it means to be human. And Jesus is saying, it's not what you're designed to do. So put that aside. Become someone who doesn't go in the worry room. What am I going to do? Well, find out. See how it goes for you. It takes faith to resist worrying. It takes faith in in a God who made me, who loves me, who cares for me. It takes humility to release the white knuckle grip that we have of the steering wheel. God, don't you care? Don't you see? Okay, I'm just going to, all right, okay, I'll step back. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm wanting to worry about what's going to happen. No, I'm just not going to worry about what's going to happen. I'm just going to let that go. Do not worry. Leave it with God. Okay, band, you would like to come up? Thanks, guys. Now, I don't know why you came to church today. I believe that God wanted you to hear that message. Maybe a friend brought you. Maybe you're a member of our church. Maybe you're somebody who's right now surrounded by the temptation to worry about something. In fact, if you're a human, that'll be you. Maybe, when you, maybe everything's going great. Maybe you're full of worries. Maybe everything's great. Maybe when you put your head on the pillow at night, you can sleep. Everything's fine, except you still have a feeling like, hmm, there's something missing. I don't know your situation, but God does because He made you and He cares for you. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.
We hope to see you in church again this weekend.